by this point, they had been advertising mm. in everyone else's stuff, and so everyone was mad at him. Everyone's like, Ugh. And then it worked pretty well, because, like, everybody likes him, except for everyone. everybody in the DU. Ew. There's no DU. I'll put the D in you. You aren't. You're banned. Also, I don't have a D. Mm-hmm. That's why you went. Mm. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that knows of a $20 bug. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. I was going to put $30 of petrol in my car, but then I started looking at this bug, and next thing you know, I'd put $50 of petrol in my car. You just explained the joke. It makes it way less fun. We can start again if you like. No, no again. My name is Toby DePolo, and this week I'm getting lost in time space. After following multiple timelines in our Back to the Future episode, I wanted a nice character profile episode, something easy. Uh, A vacation, if you will. So I went to Hawaii to study Experiment 626, but as my co-host Kaya has probably also noticed, the Lilo and Stitch timeline is somehow even worse and hard to follow. Hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah. So strap in as we analyze the 2000s Disney icon Stitch and his franchise. Before we start our Redline conspiracy style pin board, please rate, review, and subscribe to hear more of how, of you know, us doing these things and our confusing homebrew history. Um, even if you're on Spotify, like try and find a way. I'm looking at you, particularly small child. Is that is that someone in particular? Are you just yeah. yelling at no, children? No, he knows. Alright. He knows. He knows what he did. Alright. If you follow Disney history, or you know someone who does, you have inevitably heard the fuck Michael Eisner sentiment. <laughs> Somehow it fits into every Disney meta story and analysis that I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, we hate him. Mm. Somehow they managed to, like, get a fuck Eisner into, like, into history lessons about, like, Disney, at, like, Walt Disney's childhood. Yeah. I don't know how you people keep getting around to it, but it's almost impressive. Well, we need to make sure that you know. Yeah. Well, that's where today's topic starts. Uh, you see, this story comes out of the Disney decade, like, just on the other side of it. You know, um, sure, most listeners remember Disney in the 90s, mm-hmm. you know. The Renaissance. Yep, the Disney Renaissance. You know, ironically beginning in 1989 with The Little Mermaid. We, we don't talk about that. All right. So from there we hit, you know, Beauty and the Beast, then Aladdin, then Lion King, then Progonis. We had the Disney Channel. We actually had good McDonald's toys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they finished the uh, decade strong with uh, Ferris Bueller's Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget's great. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you about. remember when he had the big teeth? Because they made an evil Inspector Gadget? Yeah. And the only difference is he had big teeth? Yeah. Do you remember the car that was a... Uh, the car's great in spat out Skittles. It was also pretty racist. I'm impressed it didn't spit out fried chicken the way that fucking character was portrayed. Was We're going to move on, though. Skittles. Do African Americans have a history of liking Skittles? And it captured the bagger. Oh, good for you. All right, from there, though, the 2000s weren't so good. Mm-hmm. We went from Tarzan to Dinosaur. Oh. Yes. I liked Emperor's New Groove and Atlantis, sure, but they weren't successful. No. No. 
Neither was snow dogs or country bears. No. <laughs> you haven't trouble defending at the moment. Um, anyway, this was mostly because Eisner was like, we did really good last decade. Now let's make things smaller and cheaper. Yeah. Um, Thomas Schumacher, president of Disney Feature Animation, asked head storyboard artist Chris Sanders to come up with a good, small, cheap movie. Mm. Um, that brings us to, like, here. Um, Chris Sanders grew up in... He grew up watching something called The Wonderful World of Disney. Mm. What is this? Um, it's the show that was on ABC, hmm. and it started off as, like, a look into Disneyland, but was also, like, but basically it's the orig- original Disney Channel show. Okay. So, like, they would show you behind the scenes of the parks, but they would put, like, little animated clips together and stuff like that. Okay. Um... So he grew up loving that, and when he got older, he attended Cal Arts before it got its reputation for repetitive house-style bullshit. Yeah. G- Google that. You'll you'll know what we're talking about. Um, after that, he went and worked for Marvel for a bit. And when I say a bit, I mean the same year he started, he also left. Oh, so he enjoyed his time there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he went on to do character designs for Muppet Babies. Oh, I like the Muppet Babies. Hmm. Um, from I there, like when Ralph meets the Clunkus. The Clunkus. Yeah. Is that the big fat rabbit, big Clunkus? No, Clunkus. I don't know. They're inside the piano. I, d- I don't trust the Muppet Babies. I think maybe you think you saw it and maybe you did LSD. No, we had the book. I don't want to know about the goblins living in the piano. They did live in the piano. Why <sighs> me? Um, from there, he moved to feature films with Rescuers Down Under. Um, then he apparently did really good while working on Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Because he was the head of story for Milan. Um, I can't believe now I have to add this. That um, he was the guy who worked on The Good Milan. Yeah. That, that's now... Th- that we have to differentiate the now. Mulan. No, no, I said The Good Milan. The one where she didn't have the magic power of being good at everything she does, but was still more realistic, so it didn't need a dragon in it. Yeah. It thanked a concentration camp in the crest. Moving on, alright? We'll come back to this another time. Um, Good Milan was where Chris Sanders also met Dean Dubois. Dean was a Canadian who was hired by Don Bluth after graduating from his art school. He did work on Thumbelina. Is that a movie you've seen? Yeah. What about Troll in Central Park? Yeah. From there, he started working in Disney and was sent to California to storyboard Milan. Uh, When he got there, though, there wasn't a story to board. Oh. That That story must have been pretty bored. Look, there was just a mix-up and they just maybe sent him a little early. Oh. Um, When he got there, though, yeah, what he did was he was like, do you want me to give a hand-developing story? And they were like, yeah, here. May as well. Mm. And yeah, and he did such a good job they kept him in the story division for the rest of that movie. Nice one. So in the Big Green Pyramid Hotel in Florida. Yeah. You know the one? It's got fishies on it, I think. Yeah. Swan and Dolphin. Is that what it's called? Because I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Swan and Dolphin. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yes. I looked at a picture of it. It's a Big Green Pyramid with like an apricot color as well. And it's got like a goose on the side of it and a fish. It's mm. in the. It's next to the theme parks. 
Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confirm this. It's near the Papa course. Yes. This one? Yeah, that one. Swan and Dolphin. Swan and Dolphin. Um, so, Thomas Schumacher, Chris Sanders, and Dean Dubois had a sit down there, mm. um, and they discussed the plan. Um, Chris had this old storybook idea that he had shelved about a small alien crash landing in a forest on Earth and trying to find his place in the world. Um, but in order to fit it into a typical children's book, you know, the ones that have a sentence and then a picture yeah, for like 16 pages, yeah. he just couldn't shorten it long enough, you know, to fit. I can see how that would be a problem. Mm-hmm. But he thought that would work pretty good for a movie. Funnily enough, yeah. it does. The three discussed putting it somewhere tropical to add contrast to other Disney movies. Um, and they wanted to add a human element to it as well. Um, before they went tropical, they thought maybe Utah, which <laughs> which I thought would have been really fucking weird. Stitch in the Mormons. Could you, yeah, could you picture like Amish Stitch instead of Tropical Stitch? Mm, yep. All the Elvis references would be really fucking weird. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so to pitch it, the three made what they called a pamphlet, but is clearly a mock-up of the storybook idea. Mm. Um, it worked, and the movie was given $80 million for budget. Which seems it's just a little baby. It sounds like a fuck ton, but it is also five. Uh, I mean, $50 million less than Tarzan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a small, cheap movie that Disney wanted because it was less risky. Uh, and because it's such a small movie, they were left pretty on their own for it. Yeah. Which is usually for the best. It also might be why it feels so unique in comparison to other things. Mm. Everyone, all the heads were busy sabotaging Treasure Planet. So Lilo and Stitch was pretty unsupervised. Um, and this is the birth of Experiment 626. Kyle, would you like to take over and talk about some of the marketing and the movie itself? Sure, I can do that. So, um, Stitch, most of his, like, marketing campaign wasn't really about Stitch. Yeah, I, 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 I maybe did a little bit of that. The ad campaign was a response to Shrek. Yes. Yeah. Do you have... you remember them? Like, it would be, like, the trailer for other Disney movie, like Little Mermaid or Aladdin, and then Stitch would just be there and fuck it up? Yeah. He, that's, and that's what I mean by, like, they weren't about him. Like, it was the trailer for The Little Mermaid, and then he would, like, come in and, like, cause chaos. Hmm. They were kind of trying to use the popularity of Hating the 90s. Disney. No, there was no. a there was a big trend post Shrek of just hanging shit on Disney. Yeah, because Disney was seen because Shrek had so much ludity to it. Disney was seen as being too childish. Prudish, yeah. This is also around the era of like the super size me thing too, where any successful company is really the enemy. Yeah, still the fucking case, by the way. But Put the your tinfoil hat on. Disney was using the popularity of the nineties mm. to try and sell Stitch as being semi in that same zone but also as in like oh we've got something you're gonna hate like it's a character with attitude yeah they did with sonic it was they were were trying to like pick up the fact that stitch was different to that classic thing that you were used to yeah um which has gone well for them and has failed greatly at the same time because while like 
a lot of people look back on him overtaking the trailers and stuff as being really cool. They also did that one where they had Stitch demolish the Magic Kingdom castle. Yeah, he liked And that still it. does not go down well. People don't like when Disney. people fuck with the big castle. No. They? they turned it into a balloon animal once too. No, it was a birthday cake. Yeah, everyone got mad. Everyone hates the Disney birthday cake. Cakes are fucking cool, man. What are you talking about? No, it was bad. Yeah. Um, Google the Disney Magic Kingdom um, castle transformations. There's some... There's some has there ever been ones. a good one? As a Disney psychopath, you might have thought of at least a single time that it went well with people. That, look, the problem Oof, with... That's a, bad, that's a bad start. The problem with doing anything in the parks mm-hmm. is there is always going to be a very loud group of people that sit there and do the, well, that's not my Disney. The same people who are mad that they're getting rid of the racist bunny ride. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the thing, like, do, uh, Florida's park has just done, like, a big paint job of the castle. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, it's too bright and it's too coloured and... It does look very weird. Yeah, but you've got to remember the fact that, A, they're not going to paint it again for another 20 years. Yeah, it'll so fade it'll immediately. So it'll fade. Yeah. And B, like, they needed to update it in some way because it was starting to look... It was never starting to look old, but, like, it needed a paint job. So, they did that. You can't be annoyed at them for doing the thing that they need to do. However, you know, there's certain rights that if they haven't touched them, I will probably track them down and murder them. Um, so, uh, along the veins of um, following Shrek, yes, being successful in the two thousands, whereas Disney couldn't be. Um, Stitch also had a brand that is kept very afloat. Like yes. you remember the millions of Shrek things that came out. Mm-hmm. So Stitch was pretty much the same. There is still a crazy amount of Stitch merch at the theme parks available to consumers even now. Yeah. Um, that said, the 2000s as a whole was when Disney fell out of making good movies and started buying things instead. Pixar, mm-hmm. uh, Muppets are in there as well. Um, and this is, and at the same time, Disney movies were um, Vin Diesel's Pacifier, Lindsay Lohan's Herbie Fully Loaded. So it makes sense that they would push Stitch pretty hard. Yeah. To the point where he's literally vandalizing the castle. Mm-hmm. I do feel the need to, you know, point out Disney was always about buying stuff. Yeah, but it's still used to one. Um, I know it's all fairy tale books from like the Brothers Grimm and shit. Yeah. But it's an entire decade of not much actual Pixar, I mean, actual Disney films. Yeah. They've really moved out of the way for Pixar at this point. But that's the thing. Pixar was doing something different. And so, it was. Yeah, they were doing good. Doing competitive. It was doing competitive work against you know dreamworks and the other animation studios at the time and the big part that goes with that is that disney's priority for a lot of the past years were looking at hand-drawn animation whereas everyone else was playing with this new thing of computer animation and that's the thing like you've got to think if you look at that time period tarzan is one of the only like computer drafted things and it was still drawn out for the most part mm. and it was pretty it's way prettier than most cgi is 
Oh, CGI ages out of visual. I hundred percent agree with you. Everyone knows that I love watching hand-drawn animation. That's why I'm so annoyed that they blew Princess and the Frog because that was their chance to bring it all back and stuff. Treasure Planet was going to be an amalgamation of all the things, and they said, "Let's sabotage it because Eisner wants to save a pretty penny." But the thing is that... We're going to do Home on the Range instead. If you look at the 2000s, that kind of style wasn't popular because everyone was freaking out over technology. It was thought to be the new greatest thing that everyone wanted and needed and all of that kind of stuff. Which I think was a mistake because it's mostly just that Pixar made good stories and good characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas not a lot of the things did. But instead of admitting, oh, we have shit writing stuff... They've gone, ah, oh, it must be the computers. Mm-hmm. Damn kids and their technology. And that's the thing where I think we're finally getting to a place in a lot of, you know, different areas where people are being like, oh, hang on, maybe that's the case. I mean, if you look at um, Lilo and Stitch, it's a great example of where watercolor textures and ideas, you know, look way better than... Trek. Trek sucks immensely. Yeah. It's just main fuel. That's all it has. I mean, don't get me wrong, I watched it as a kid and I thought it was hilarious, but that nostalgia for it wore off pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so, you want to talk Do about Lilo and Do you want to get Stitch? into the actual film? No, yeah, I mean, most of this was like advertisement setup stuff. Okay. So... You've already so, kind of gone into the fact that it was Sanders and Daboo. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want Stitch as a character history. Okay. Um, we start the movie, um, pretty much in a like court mm. meeting between Jumbo, who is a mad scientist. He's great, and um, he's. Explaining that his um, experiment six two six is he's, he's fine. He's it's not a problem. You don't need to worry about him at all. I do like what a blatant fucking lying piece of shit Jumber is in that court scene. Like right off also the bat, loud. I know, but just they set him up so good. He, when he he's like, I would he's never so do. Charming, oh, he's not. But he's just not. <laughs> and that's what makes him charming in a way. Like I like him as a character. He's like, I would never do make such a vile, disgusting monster. And then they they literally just bring it out. And he's like more than once. Like <laughs> he's trying so hard. Yeah, I do enjoy him. Um. More as um as we go, I start to appreciate him more in other movies. It's, it's decided that the experiment um, is going to be banished to a remote asteroid. However, he's very intelligent and he manages to escape and flees for Earth. Um, the councilwoman who... I don't know why she does this, but she's like, you can go to Earth and capture him. Well, and he's take a- Agent Pleakley with you because he's an expert on, you know, Earth culture. Well, she didn't send them as, like, hunters, per se. He knows the mind of the character of Stitch, so it'd be easy for him to track Stitch, whereas no one else could. And Pleakley is there because he studied humans and can navigate that stuff. Well, no, he studied um, mosquitoes. No. He gets more in Earth shit as it goes. 
By which I mean he just watches talk shows all day and thinks he's a fucking genius. No, well, because remember, they're like, oh, it's fine, we'll just blow up this planet. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah, mosquitoes are endangered. Mosquitoes yeah. are endangered and you can't blow up their food source, which is the humans. Um, while this is going on in Hawaii, you have Lilo and her older sister, Nani. Um, they have fallen on what could be titled Rough Times. I'm sorry, I love... I've, I've honestly got it, like, skimming around in mute. Mm. You know. I like that it's credited based on an idea by Chris Sanders. He's also credited as, like, the guy, the, like, head of story, voice of Stitch himself. Producer. Yeah, etc., etc. It's it's based on, like, an idea he did. Screenplay. <laughs> starring. Story. Yeah. It, it does everything. I'm sorry, that popped up and it was the vaguest shit. <laughs> mm. So you have Nani and Lilo, mm-hmm. who have fallen on hard times. By which you mean our orphans now. Uh, their their <laughs> parents died in a car crash on a rainy day, mm-hmm. which is why Lilo has to feed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to a fish. Yeah, I know I, know I want to focus on Stitch, but like, Lilo's... A fucking delightful, insane child. Yep. In a sea of boring Disney princesses, that sociopath voodoo practicing lunatic is so such a breath well, of fresh air. And it's even weird for like, a cynic well, like me. And I don't know too much about Hawaiian culture. I will be the first one to admit. But I like the, the pizza. How does she get to the point where she's like? If I feed this fish sandwiches, it won't make it rain. The same reason she's trying to torture her friends with voodoo. Because she's fucking insane. It's not a cultural thing. She's just a mess. Yeah. Well, so their visit with the um, council worker doesn't go very well. No, it does not. Mr. Cobra Bubbles. Yeah, and they edit it. We don't have to go into that stuff so much. It's fine. We'll do that when we actually Um, cover the movie. In order to kind of, you know... Calmly low down, Nani offers to get her a dog. Yeah. Which is where the lovable uh, experiment 626 pretends that he is a dog. Yeah, you know. Gets you, named Stitch, costs exactly $2. You want to talk about that as, as a Stitch episode? Um, the moment when Nani decides that she needs a dog. Yeah. When she catches Lilo praying for a friend. And while she's having, like, this little child tender moment where she doesn't want to be alone, it's cutting in and out with a, like, a maniacally laughing, crazy feral stitch crash landing in Hawaii. I mean, he's excited to get away from prison. He pulls a gun on a frog. That's <laughs> I would pull a gun on a frog, too, if it looked at me the way that the frog looks at him. The frog in that thing is not a great... <laughs> he's not doing okay. I think he's been hit by one or more of the, you know... Trucks that is about to run over Stitch. Yes, the legendary Hawaiian trucks. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hands up in a pound, like, like you said. Pretty much. Um, so throughout the rest of the movie, it's Lilo trying to get her dog to be a dog. Stitch trying to not get captured. And I like, mean, he starts off an asshole, but to, like, keep himself safe, he's, like, being a good behaviour person. Yeah, and then it just kind of, you know, sinks in, and he's like, okay. Um, you've got Pleepley and Jumbo spend the time trying to get him away from his human family. 
So that they can capture him and take him back to the councilwoman. You've got Gantu. The big who, giant. Yeah, that's the big giant dude. Admiral fella. Yep. Um, he gets sent down because they decide that it's taking too long. Yeah, well, they're not allowed to interfere with humans. Yeah. So that's kind of like why he's staying as a pet. Yeah. So they're not fucking with him while he learns to surf and does other dog activities. Um, but so yeah, you kind of follow like these couple of different storylines where, you know, you see the family breakdown happening. You see Stitch trying to basically survive. You see two different lots of people trying to capture him and take him back into space. Um, and that's the thing. Like as the movie goes on, Stitch does go from being a bit of a butt to turning his act around. Yeah, falls in love with Elvis. Yeah, he has to learn to be like Elvis. Um, to and make, I guess to make to him the- a better human being, he has to be like the fat underage girl touching occasionally. We Googled it. The age of consent was okay, but it's shady. He died eating a peanut butter sandwich, taking a shit. That's unproven. Um, when it gets to like the final end, Gantu tries to capture Stitch, ends up getting Lilo, doesn't care either way, and like, you know, calamity in his shoes. Yeah. Um, then Jumper and Pleakley end up like, trying to keep Stitch there as well, because he's, like, integrated. Yeah, and that's the thing. It gets to the point where the councilwoman comes down and she's like, what is going on? Like, you need to come back to space and do He is rehabilitated. And And that's the thing. He, like, you watch this complete change where he's like, you know, can can I go and say goodbye to the humans? Like, I've grown to love them. And he looks a bit more like a koala than a dog. I, I agree, he's a bit more koala than a dog. Okay, good. But, you know, it gets to this really sweet moment where he, he is a member of the family. Yeah. And even though they all now understand that they're aliens and there's more to the world than anything, he does he goes through this big change. Have you got any other comments to make about the film? Well, it's a profile episode. So I'm going to say Stitch is a small blue character. Um, Genius level intellect. Built with the ability to pilot any vehicle. Yeah. Um, Sometimes has forearms. And and, and antennas. Yeah, you know, when he's in his alien mode. And like um, spiky mohawk. Even as a kid, it really grossed me out that he just sucks his fucking... Sucks his arms up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he presumably has little, like, buttholes on the side of his body that have fingers inside it. No, ready no. Ready to pop no. out at any moment. No, no, no. They're right, inside. No. Body modification is fine. No, oh, he furry. Um. I figured most people knew what a stitch looked like. Yeah, people know what a stitch is. Well, does he have, like, any other abilities, really? He can vaguely talk languages sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But um, doesn't like water. He's no, he's kind of like a cat. Dragon, Dragon, the movie Signs took the plot about an alien that doesn't like water from this movie. 
Perhaps. Ugh. Walking Phoenix is in that movie. Um, is Var protective of his Lula? Yeah. So, you like this movie? I do like this movie. Um, do you have any favorite bits in it? Before we continue down our path of destruction? Because um, I'm gonna want you to, I'm gonna warn you now, you're gonna wanna bask in the good parts. Because this episode's gonna continue. After the good parts. I like the art style. It's very, oh, like, like I said, it's hand drawn, so it's obviously fucking nice. But, like, the backgrounds have a very different feel to them, and I think it's very much so the watercolour. Oh, yeah, it's tropical as fuck. Yeah, but, it's like, got it just has color. this really soft... Everything's very nice and peaceful, yeah. I guess. And all, all the aliens in it, too, are roughly aquatic-looking. A lot mm. of the ships look like whales and shit. Yeah. Um, it does... And not everything like, looks like a skinny, boring Disney princess bitch. No. no. This, it's it's one of the more realistic films. I mean, everyone says it's a realistic clearly... one, but they've all got, like, weird cankles, and they've all got noses like a koala. But they have somewhat tried to, like, you know, so, um, I can't think of his name right now, but the dude in it, he's got Maui's hook. Is it hook. David or something? Yeah, David. Yeah. He's got Maui's hook, um... You know, they have a luau and stuff that they... That's where they work and Nani gets fired from. Do you reckon they changed it from Utah to Hawaii? So when they're, like, location scouting, they could just have a better time? Perhaps. (laughs) Um, But, like, so they do... You know, it's not an overly accurate representation, but they do have elements from it. Yeah. It's enough that that it's not going to annoy anyone, but not... Yeah, but not too much that's going to annoy everyone either. Yeah. Good little I think, I think they really highlighted, you know, important things that if you were from Hawaii, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a Hawaiian thing. Yeah. I wonder how accurate, like, the places are. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's like, vague and stuff, but there's probably, like, some reference shit. Kona is where the coffee is made, and that's on all the coffee barrels. Yeah. Stuff um, like that. Yeah. So the movie came out. Yeah. It did way better than, again, like Home on the Range or Vin Diesel's Pacifier or something. I've so, seen it compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. So that is why in 2003, a straight-to-DVD movie came out called Stitch the Movie. Is it a movie, though, Kyle? Is it? Mm, no. Or is it a bit like Not Atlantis quite. 2? A little bit. Unlike Atlantis 2, though. It's all right. Atlantis 2 was Sucked. not good. Yeah. So um, what we mean by that is it is a extended pilot of a TV show that, unlike Atlantis, actually got picked up. Yeah. Yep. This movie, to summarize it quickly, features Stitch, still trying to fit in with a community he now lives in. It introduces Dr. Hamsterville, who is a hamster in a cape with a H on his chest, going pretty against the aquatic nature of all the designs up until that point. I don't think he was made by the same people. No. <laughs> Goes without saying, really. Um, anyway, this, uh, this movie itself sets up the fact that Stitch is Experiment 626, and that means there are 625 other ones. Um, most of which are in dehydrated pods that are still kept by Jumba. In this movie, we meet 625, who, uh, is Ruben. I love Ruben. You want to talk about him real quick? Um, Give us a summary. Ruben looks... 
Pretty similar to Stitch, really. He's a bit less athletic. He's a bit more dumpy. Yeah. But he does live his life at one sandwich at a time. He is a yellow boy. Mm-hmm. Compared to Stitch's blue boy. Yeah. Um, he seems to have grasped language better than Stitch did. Um, there's, um, a, there's like a fan theory that he's just a more intelligent than Stitch, and he's just playing dumb to avoid capture or destruction or look, anything like that. Hence why he can talk, and he just would rather sit on the sidelines and ridicule everyone else. Yeah, he's a very sassy, sarcastic boy. Mm-hmm. He's a comic relief character. He dude. is a bit comic reliefy. Um, All he cares about is making fancy sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, And usually he hangs out with Ken too. Yeah. Um... Uh, this movie also introduces 221, which is the electric one. A mix between the electric gremlin from Gremlins 2 mm-hmm. and like a Pikachu. Um, so after that one gets released, Lilo and Stitch um, have to save Jumbo from the baddies and all the experiments fall from the spaceship at the end over Hawaii. Um, the movie ends with G- Gantu and Ruben stuck there trying to capture all these other experiments. Hamsterville goes to jail, but still manages Gantu yeah. via video chat. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how it works. Yeah, and the electric stitch works in a lighthouse. And this is all set up for the animated series that would follow. Yeah, they find him a job. Yep, Lilo and Stitch versus Ruben and Gantu racing to get to each and every experiment. Um, One of them to use his weapons and the other to give them purpose. Yeah. It's weird that Gantu never goes after one after it's settled in. But he respect the hustle, I guess. I, but see, once I they guess. once they found their position, they're not like gonna go out and cause trouble. I I guess I don't it's, know. They, they the can still be used as a weapon. It's just a choice that they had to no, make for the, the show. But that's the whole thing. Once you find your purpose in life, you don't gonna keep going out there and drum and butts. Drum and butts, huh? Yeah. So every episode of the show is usually one or two experiment pods get wet and another experiment comes out and causes some havoc havoc until it finds its home. Yeah. Uh, It reuses a lot of the locations and characters from the original movie while evolving it too. Like, as the show progresses, you see all the experiments you've already met, like, going about their daily lives now. Mm -hmm. Um, It does this thing where they turn good quotes from the movie into catchphrases, but it's still good. It's not as grating as, you know, like some of those early Disney Channel shows are. I wonder if it's done on purpose, though, to, like... It's familiarity. But that's the thing. Like, you know how kids will watch the same thing on repeat over and over and over again? Yeah. Maybe they were kind of like, look, it gives them enough from the original thing that they'll watch it. Yeah. But it gives their parents a break because they'll watch a couple of other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember liking it. Uh, I remember its theme song, too, for some reason. Kaya, did you have any favourite experiments in the show? I did. Apparently one of them is on my kitchen counter! Okay, so I was having a look... Do you want to feed them before we continue? I have fed them. Oh, they're just being dicks. Um, I was having a look because, you know, my memory is only so-so. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, I'm old now. Saturday Disney I don't think exists anymore, I don't know. I don't know, I've never watched it early on a Saturday. (laughs) Okay, so I seem to particularly like the creatures of series three. Mm-hmm. As a teacher of the nerds. Now, can you please explain that? Because it sounds wrong when you say it. Okay, hang on. When you say series three, yep. you mean the numbering system. There's. Okay, so. Not the actual episodes. 
on the Lilo and Stitch wiki. Mm -hmm. The first digit of the experiment number reflects the series of experiments that they belong to. The official series of experiments, as stated by Jess Winfield, one of the executive producers, are as follows. Mm -hmm. Zero series. Jumba's test batch including many household helpers. Series 1 is civil disturbances. Series 2 is technological and scientific. Series 3 is psychological. Series 4 was top secret and mysterious series of militaristic and mostly failed experiments. Series 5 is elemental and environmental manipulators. Series 6 is Battlefield and Doomsday Experiments with Galactic Implications. For the most part, the colours of the experiments pod corresponds with their series number. However, sometimes that's not quite right. So, it's, and it's probably like, was done so it was easier for the producers of the show that they had like, this, this is what this group is up to. So, I picked Series 3. Okay. These, Did you have one you liked? As a teacher of the nerds, uh -huh. I like Manners. Okay. Who turns people polite. Oh, he's the butler looking one, isn't yes, he? Yes, he, he is a cross between a penguin and a butler. Yep. Because... And a stitch. I would, I would like some politely mannered humans in this day and age. Uh, I also quite liked Drowsy. Mm-hmm. Who is, he helps put Insomniacs to sleep. He's like a sandman. Yeah, man. I watched his episode and the first half of it's very Weekend at Bernie's. But I hate how it looks. It is a sheep. Yeah. I know it's based on the counting sheep thing, but it don't look like a stitch. You know what I mean? No, not really. Most of them look kind of like stitch. At least in like the eyes and the face. Some of them are weird shaped of. and what have you. Um, there's one referenced in the first season... Which is also drowsy, funnily enough. It appear it's referenced in that episode, but does not appear until Leroy and Stitch. Mm -hmm. But I just I love how ridiculous and like for season one, Lilo and Stitch character, it felt very like we're out of ideas, oh. and I like the chaoticness of that. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Stopgo. Yes, I like Stopgo. His ability is causes problems with traffic because he looks like a traffic light. Because he's got he's Stitch's in the body. Civil disturbances group. Yeah. So Stopgo is a little yellow dude with a long giraffe neck mm -hmm. and just a traffic light for a head, really. Yeah. That would That's be his perfect job. job. I love that Jumbo invented something that would hassle a planet he'd never heard of. Well, he didn't know that that's what he was going to do. There's, there's a nice good trend of him doing things that would only affect humans, you know? Yeah. Um, so, this seems like a good place, obviously, to talk about Leroy and Stitch. Um, set up as the finale for the series. Mm -hmm. In it, Lilo has finished giving all the experiments a home, but Hamsterville has escaped his jail and built an army of red stitches named Leroy. Yeah, they're bad boys. Yep, and they have a big final showdown, and that's, that's about all you need to know, really. It's just a setup as the ending of the show. Yeah, well, they had an extended pilot, so you need an extended uh, yeah, it makes series sense. finale. Yeah. And also, theatrical films. Mm -hmm. But this isn't the third movie, though. No. Even though it came out... Third. Fourth. In canon... Fourth. 
No, it's it's weird. In canon, it's like the fourth one. Yeah. It, 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 this is where the canon starts to fuck up on us, because it's like the fourth movie, but it's played like the third, but there's also like a weird side one. Depending on how you like your canon, during the animated series run, right in the fucking middle of it for some reason, there was a sequel to the first movie. Stitch has a glitch. Yes, Lilo and Stitch 2, Stitch has a glitch. Two. Coming out after Lilo and Stitch and the Lilo and Stitch movie. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Alright. It's another straight to DVD kind of flick. Striking in a, it's 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 striking in a sense that they replaced um DeVay Chase with Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Um Chase was ironically too busy working on Stitch to work on Stitch. Can you see what I meant about how hard Disney was pushing Lilo and Stitch at this time? So basically they were doing a Pokemon um you know, got to get them all. They were just pushing it so hard that the people involved couldn't work on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, Lilo is doing a Hula School plot, but we're here for Stitch and for his franchise. So, the Stitch part of the movie is he has a glitch, hence the movie title. His molecules were not fully charged at creation, and he is beginning to fail. Um, a bit like how Frankenhooker needed a second round of electricity. Yeah. Yep, there's a Makes reference. Sense. Yep. Um, it's kind of a sad movie to watch, honestly. It's got that, oh, I'm a cheap sequel vibe. Mm. So its story revolves around Lilo ignoring her best buddy and or pet being in literal physical pain. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, his glitching is chaotic, but so is being tased, I imagine. And that seems to be kind of how it, that's how it looks. Mm. Um, yep, yeah, um, by... Yeah, so she's ignoring Stitch in physical pain because, like, he's spilling shit when he flails around like he's being electrocuted. Yeah. She goes, oh, that's very inconvenient. She also tells Nani that her ability to take care of her is shit. Yeah, they... I know we both lost our parents and you're doing everything you can to keep me out of a fucking orphanage, but fuck you because I'm not written well. (laughs) And that's the thing, like, they can't even fall back on the excuse of, like, she's a you know, moody teenager or something. Because I'm pretty sure in the, like, original film, she's, like, six. Yeah, she's not a teenager. And we also see she's still, like, a good, friendly person before this movie and after this movie because the TV series is running after the fact, even though it's before. Yeah. So, they literally, the, like, You can tell that they couldn't afford a good writing style for this thing. quite weird. Yeah. She's like, everyone, it's like they'd never seen the film before. Everyone's a piece of shit. My dog's dying, but fuck me, that's really annoying. Yeah. Yes, it's so not... a bit like you. Nah, but I was a dick the whole time. I didn't just, like, choose to be that way because I was poorly written for a bit. Oh. Um, that said, though, Jumba has a lot of really good father figure moments in this. He does. I really liked him in this movie. He's like my... He's literally like my son is dying and I've got to do something. <laughs> You know he, what I mean? he does, and that's I think that's part of like the thing. Even in the first film, he's he subtly really protective does over it. care for his experiments. Yeah, like he's not originally. Just he's like it's the one the that works, but then like, even in the TV series, it's like they all kind of worked. Mm. But he kind of likes all of them in that sense as well. Yeah, and he's a big fat man. Yep. So anyway, Stitch gets fixed, and they live happily ever after. 
Which we knew. Mm. Because there's a show taking place after this. No, no, it's fine. So the whole, oh, he failed, he's dead bit doesn't really fucking work. No, no, it's fine. Because they do, they do pull that, the, oh, the machine failed, he's died. We're like, we know he didn't. We know for a fact he didn't, and this, this, unless they bring a parallel universe element into this in the next, I don't know, three minutes. Mm. They didn't. <laughs> Just so you know. Spoilers. Um, How dare you. Yeah. So, what do you think of that movie? Um, With the completely different Lilo, to the point where the voice actor's not the same. Look, it's okay, but... Nah. <laughs> we, you don't need it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really add anything to the story. Don't add shit. <laughs> doesn't yeah. add anything. Um. So, you ready to move on from that one then? Yes, please. All right. So there are some weird moments in the. Let's call it the Stitch verse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't like when I called it the DU. No, I don't. Because none of those take place it's together. You're thinking of the Pixar. Um, no, no, you're thinking of the Pizza Planet Truck Universe. No, no, Disney Universe. That's the Pixar Planet Truck Universe. Is that the whole Tangled shows up in Frozen one? No, just that's all Disney films in the universe. No, I don't have time for that shit, then. <laughs> that is too hard already. Um, Alright, so the numbering system for the movies is weird. The animated series crossovers is weird. Lilo is weird. Um, but buckle up, because anime is coming to town. Yeah. So, studio... I remember this, too. Do you? Yeah. I I remember, like, people picking on it on the internet because it seemed weird, but I don't remember it actually happening, you know what I mean? No, I... I remember it coming out. I've never seen an episode before this. I don't think I watched a lot of it, but I remember it being a thing. Like, I don't even remember if it got aired here. Yeah. Yeah, it's not on... They didn't bother to put it on Disney+, Plus. I know that for a fact. Alright, so, Studio Madhouse was hired by Disney to make Stitch for Japanese audiences. Because the original animated series wasn't Pokemon-y enough already. No. With the collecting of monsters that have powers. Uh, no, that just means that it would be popular in that country. Alright, so the first thing they did was they wrote out Lilo. They wrote out How- um, Hawaii as well. Gantu and Ruben are back. Um, they're back, in fact, to being evil. So I guess they're ending... From the series was written out. Yeah, I don't know how to describe that. They're in it, but their characterization was written out about a month before the other characters. Ha ha. Yeah. Um. So Stitch and Yuna hang out together on their fake island that's not real called Ryukyu's Islands. They added a cyborg Stitch called Experiment Zero. You know, because they needed a Shadow the Hedgehog equivalent. Yep. Um, and gave us a generic anime villain who looks like she was ripped straight out of Sailor Moon um, who wants Stitch's power source. Which is just peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I don't know. It's a very vague premise. <laughs> There's also other experiments in it too. Like a bunch of them. But yeah, they don't, their the power source the is different. Shows. No, no. They, keep, they continue the numbering system. If it's being done, they don't do it. Yeah. But it also results in a lot of weird anime experiments. Um... Alright, so they made Angel, mm-hmm. the pink stitch. Mm-hmm. Um, they made her into a pop idol. Yeah. Right? Makes well, sense. Well, she's the girl. Um, 
you know, if that's something you're after, she's in it too. Which is weird. She's barely in the original series, actually. She's literally there to sell plushies. And it worked. They're like, look, we have a girl one. All right, let's have her kidnapped and not talk about it for literally a season and a half. <laughs> I like that the Ryan stuff didn't even like her. No. Um, yep. Um, you might say it's a disservice to the original brand. You could say that. Um, but if you don't feel that way, don't worry. I got a new one for you called Stitch and I. Uh, AI. But not AI. It's a name. I. Spelled AI. Right. We're doing Chinese Stitch now. Yeah. So, Stitch has... He's finished playing with a brunette in a red outfit in Hawaii. Mm Mm-hmm. Leela. Um, and a brunette in a red outfit in Japan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yuna. This time, in a very unique move. All right? Mm -hmm. Buckle up for this. Stitch escapes from a group of aliens trying to capture him, and he crash lands on Earth. Oh! He is then found by a brunette in a red outfit. One that lives with her sister after the death of their parents. Soon after, Jumper and Pleakley also rock up and are around. There is a person trying to take her, take um, this girl away from her older sister angle. Alright. And there's one where the there's another angle where the kids in town think the girl is a weirdo. Mm. I don't fucking understand why they made this the way they did. It is the most copy and pasted setup okay, I've, I've ever fucking witnessed. I have I have two theories here. Okay, go. A, they didn't think that these audience would be able to relate to a Hawaiian island. It's an identical character in every way. It's well, so saying, insane. But that's set in Hawaii. This one is set in China. They're different places. I don't... I don't B. care. It's not... It's... So, so that's my first thing. Okay. They, they were like, we're going we're gonna to change... Nothing. Because they don't understand But the Hawaii. location, nothing. Okay. The option, which works better for China than it does for Japan, is the fact that to get around the, like... Because because China has very strict viewing laws, uh-huh. like they only just managed to get the new Mulan through their like censorship. Which laws. is weird because it's literally a bootlicking film for the Chinese people. Yeah, well that's why they did cough it. cough propaganda because they couldn't get it like okayed. That's why it doesn't have dragons in it too, isn't it? Because they're mythical and they're not allowed to watch mythical things or some um, shit. Maybe that is the reason why, because they were like, we've got this really great film that we've already done all of this work on, but they refused to show it in China, so we've just set it in China. That's a fine theory, but it doesn't explain why it's all copy and pasted bullshit. Because they you already have had done the film, but they weren't getting the Chinese money. You could have, you could do like any detail slightly different, they chose not to. To the point where it's fucking really weird that Disney okayed it because it feels like. Well, what were some of those examples of bootleg Disney films? Little cars. Yeah, cars. They're little cars. Finding fish. Yeah. Like all, it feels like one of those because it's so dead on, but so fucking not. They could have. I don't know. There's any any number of things they could have done slightly different. Give them parents. I don't know. Give her a different colour scheme to every other version of Stitch's friend. I'm sure there was a reason why they did what they did. Stop defending them. Never. 
It's my life mission. This is now I realize why bringing all this information to you is worthless because yeah. you don't care. No, you are sold. Yep, I have drunk the mint julep. Ladies and future boys, write in at clown. Uh, no, that's my email. <laughs> um, at schoolforwardnerds at gmail.com to tell me that I the Chinese stitch is a dumb premise. But, okay, hang on a second. Why is it a dumb premise? You like stitch. Yeah, a pre existing thing. Alright, no, 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 listen. But what if it didn't exist in your country? And now it does. It's called dubbing. Yeah, but they couldn't do it because the Chinese don't like things outside of China. Instead of defending Disney to the point where you're kind of racist, do you want to... I can point out... I'm not being racist! It's a true thing! Remember how they had to edit the shit out of the original Lilo and Stitch movie to appeal to American audiences after 9-11? Yes. They couldn't have just edited it slightly for a Chinese audience to say it's not Hawaii? Just say it's an island off of the coast of China. They would have known. Now you're being slightly racist. I need co-hosts. I hear the listeners asking, the best part about the TV series before the TV series before this one was the experiments. Mm-hmm. So I hear them asking, are there cousins in this? Are there cousins in this? Yeah, kind of. They aren't named. They don't. They don't get names. They don't get numbers or anything like that. Uh, they're all based on Chinese mythology. Most don't even look like experiments. Um, Stitch makes a couple. You know, he makes a couple himself even. Because um, Jumba just has like a machine that just like you just put like some preset stuff into it and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of impressive. Um, I'm looking for wherever the photo gallery is here. Look at that. This is something I'm after. Where's the bottom of it? Oh, here we go. Here are the exper- here here's some of the experiments on Stitch and I. They're just dragging. The the number is stitchy. There's some, there's two three lions, two dragons, and an eagle. Well that's all Chinese mythology has is dragons and lions, apparently. Even with the Chinese creating stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, they they don't really look like experiments. Stitch makes a couple of himself. Of himself. Um, he just he makes a few. One of which is just a rhino. Hmm. Which is weird. Um, the ones he makes look correct for the show, but the rest are just gibberish in the face of the franchise. Um, it also confuses fans of the series because it is incompatible with the timeline. It doesn't feature earlier experiments. Um, but Gantu is a captain again. Ah. See? So, there's, there's, there's flashbacks to the first movie as well. So, it can't possibly take place anywhere in canon, but still thinks it does. Yeah. It's very they, confusing. They didn't know it was going to get out. Get out? With China. Oh, okay. Just like you said, you didn't know a lot about the Japanese one. We only probably got it because we were Australasia. Yeah, right. They probably didn't show the air in America. Um. Come here, buddy. Any particular reason? Yeah, mom is gone missing. 
Um, so, Kai, do you remember when Stitch being small and fluffy was a trick because it hides its destructive power? Yeah. China didn't think that made any sense, so they've added a feature to him. Mm-hmm. Again, somewhere in canon. Um, Stitch can now grow huge when he's mad. Oh, that's Apparently cool. he could have always done that. He was just never angry or upset in any other thing before. Oh, right. He's a Godzilla Stitch. They, they love Godzilla. In Japan. In Japan, yeah. Very good. Um, it's also prophesized on an ancient Chinese shrine that he would get godzilla this experiment from space, from Hawaii, from Japan. Yeah. Um, the reason he hadn't been activated before is because he'd never seen a big city before. That's why Stitch didn't turn into a Godzilla. You know, except for that time he went to Honolulu in an episode. Or that, or that it, time that, that it, he built New York City in the middle of Lulu's bedroom and then destroyed it. Yeah, but he's also been to Honolulu. And he's been to Tokyo. For an entire yeah. fucking animated series, he went to a big city. Don't worry about that. That doesn't count, apparently. Um, at least... The the thing that baffles me again... Among all the other millions of things wrong with this version of the Stitch franchise, this branch... Mm-hmm. Uh, it writes out so much stuff, but they kept Ice Cream Guy. I like Ice Cream Guy. He's in China He's now. Funny. Yeah, yeah, we still get him. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm like, why is that in the party? He's like, salvage. Because he's funny. Yeah, he's great, but like, weird choice. <laughs> weird fucking choice. Mm. Alright, do you have any final thoughts about the whole thing? Uh, the whole you, damn thing. This being a character profile. Yes. Did you want to talk about his ride? Do you want to talk about his ride? I can talk about his ride because I went on the ride. I don't think you did. No, when I went it was a meet and greet. Yes. Because when we went... Together. It was running seasonally. Ah, because I only ever go during, like, Halloween seasons. Um, well, that was... No, no. When a ride goes seasonal at Disney, oh, means it means yeah. we are slowly removing it, but we don't want you to, like, be upset about it, so we're just not going to admit to it. Sorry, the seasonal I was thinking of is, like, the christmas thing shit. The Magic Kingdom in Florida. Walt Disney World. In Tomorrowland... There was a ride called Stitch's Great Escape. Um, it was the ride that they used to replace Alien Extraterrestrial. That's the part that baffled me about this whole piece of trivia, is that there was an alien ride at Disney for some reason. Can you guess why? Because they needed to cash in on space and they weren't going to willingly do an original idea. So they had to buy other shit. Oh, there was a particular person that thought that Disney was too child-friendly. Was it George Lucas? Nope. Anyway, so November 16th, 2004 is when the attraction opened. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you would go into like a first little room um, and they would tell you the fact that... Um, they needed your help in order to capture an alien that has um, escaped from prison um, and that... Um, basically, you need to help them capture this alien that has escaped from prison and has landed in the Magic Kingdom. So then you walk into, like, 
it's kind of a movie theater and it's all pointed towards the center where there's this big like test tube thing i've seen images i've honestly seen the image of like the sad animatronic with no fur on it more but i've definitely seen the tube yeah so the iconic tube everyone is pointed towards the tube um and it's kind of like roller coaster seats because they have like a thing that comes down over your head it's purely for the fact of there's speakers in the like overhead breast um because what happens is they project stitch down as an animatronic that they project down into the tube and then he manages to escape from the tube um and you listen to him as he like runs around the park so he like you hear him making fun of people for having big ears and it's supposed to be a joke about someone wearing like the mickey headband yeah and um he has a hot dog and a Mickey pretzel and he burps and you get like shot in the face with this like gross smell. It's a lot like the um, Shrek 4D theater. Again, aping a lot of the Shrek thing. Well, and that's the thing. They kind of, they used that mechanic along with, they didn't really do a lot of exchange from Alien to that. Yeah. And they didn't honestly have room to do anything because they've got one room. Yeah. Um, I never did the alien one, but from viewing it like on YouTube and that, they were basically the same ride, just one was alien, one was an experiment. It was okay, it wasn't a great ride. When they said that it was going seasonal, I was like, yeah. Um, because it's done up kind of in a space theme, that's where they moved the Stitch meet and greets to. Probably because it's air conditioned and no one's going to die in there, but... He had a ride at one point. He definitely has one in Japan because they got because we got to wear a subtitle machine. No, he's he's overtaken the Tiki Room. Yeah, so I'm saying he has a ride over there, sort of. Yeah, well, kind of. It comes with a subtitle machine for English people, Kyle. We were very excited. A subtitle machine. Yeah, it's a machine that reads the show. To you. It, it's just it's just the script. Yep. Google translated and put onto a device set to a timer so it would appear at the correct moments. Yep. I don't care, that's kind of great. But no, it's it's the Tiki Room. Invaded where, again. Okay, it's where Magic Kingdom huh. had um, under new management, so it's Zazu and Iago, but they have Stitch. Yeah. Which personally is better than just, Zazu just, and Iago. Just generic Disney birds in the birdhouse, makes sense. It's there weird that Stitch is a super Hawaiian-themed one. Yeah. With the hindsight of knowing there was a Japanese Stitch already at this point, and they were just like, eh, we prefer the original, even over here. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, that's his rides. Did you have any final thoughts? I did. I wrote like a, a thing. Okay. I wrote my final thoughts this time instead of it just being a... One of those ones where I'm typically like, it was good. You wrote your way out? Yeah, I actually thought to do something. <laughs> okay. Alright, so I see Chris, Standard, Chris Sanders' um, credits on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And I am brought to a forever point as a podcast that things losing their creators lose their magic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he voices Stitch and does a great job. But the things he actually wrote and worked on are the original movie and the original series. All the other things fell short. Everything that he wasn't head of 
mm-hmm. kind of failed the franchise. Um, same with Dean Dubois. His credits only match up with the good ones and How to Train Your Dragon movies. Apparently, like, I'm assuming he left for DreamWorks. Um, probably. Probably. That, that's How to Train Dragon, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, they're both credited as characters based on a lot. Yeah. Um, and they're both also credited as characters based on for the live action Lilo and Stitch remake in production. Mm-hmm. No reaction to that. Mm. Um, from what I can tell, it's getting made by the people who made the Aladdin remake, and they are also quietly working. These are the only credits they have. So I've got to accidentally break the news to you that they're fuck. We already referenced this. This is weird. There's a do- they're doing an Inspector Gadget remake as well. Mm. That's like the only credits these people have. Mm. Um. So, for this reason, my hopes are low. Hmm. It only seems to thrive when the actual creators are fucking creating, because, duh. Lots of entertainment goes this way. It's sad, but it's the way it goes. If people aren't putting genuine heart and soul into stuff, you can taste it on the screen. I mean, that's... How often do we bring that up? That's the case in anything, though. Hmm. Like, you can tell someone that enjoys their job and someone that's just doing their job. I don't want to take, like, multi-million dollar budget films and compare them to this, because it seems like a disservice. But you can tell the fry cook at McDonald's who cares compared to the other guy that is baked and running on nothing but monster energy drinks. No, because I that's think, the look, mo- No, that's the movie thing here. You can tell when people don't give a fuck about what they're making. But see, that's... I'm I'm agreeing with you in my own way of... That's what I'm saying, though. Like, any job feels that way. Hmm. And, like, even in the places where they put on the best show, you can tell someone that is enjoying what they are doing and someone that's there. Yeah. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter what job you're doing, whether it is the fry cook at Macca's or, you know, a Disney executive. If you don't believe in what you're doing, then you're not going to put that extra into it. And the extra is the thing that, you know, something might be good. You'll sit down and watch it, but it's it's not not the thing that's going to keep you coming back to it. It's kind of like to go back there's, to... There's no way the Lion King remake has as much love and nostalgic feelings and, frankly, spin-offs as the original movie would. Mm. It's, it's you know, the reason why we ended up with so many scientists was because Frankenstein ignited this thing within you. Did it? Or are you just stealing that from the uh, uh, last week's episode? But, but that's, what, that's what I'm, like, using as a reference. Yeah. Because you think about it, Frankenstein is still so popular today. Yeah, they still keep trying to reboot it. Comparative to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, poor guy. I'm not saying that there wasn't love and stuff put into that, but really when you look into what went on behind the scenes of those two films, there is a very big difference. And, you know, I'm not saying that ever died. Clearly, I thoroughly enjoy the creature from the Black Lagoon. However, I would be... You know, just as wrong to sit there and say it's 
there was so much turmoil behind the scenes of that that yeah. it's kind of the case. You gotta love you gotta love the thing that you're doing. And if you don't love it, it better be paying well. Ready to go into homework? Homework! So this was one of the better Disney Channel shows. At this in, time. In the era, yeah, the 2000s, when they yeah. still had animated things on it, not just Phineas and Ferb, and Hannah Montana, which is probably an old reference now. They probably have, like, what's the wizard one? Wizards of Waverly Place was 2000s as well, I've finished. Mm. What's the current one that's everyone's, like, really wealthy Vampirina. white people? Perfect. That. Eleanor of Avalon. No, that's CGI. That doesn't count. Oh, the Rocketeer. Remember when we... Stumbled like upon the that. Rocketeer. The animated one where no. the kids door the explorer. No. So I wanted to know what other Disney Channel things. Which one was your favorite? Um. So I I didn't want to go with the same thing as you. Do you know what I went for, buddy? No. Well, okay. I wanted to keep to the space thing. Are you going to do Lloyd in space? No. Okay. I was going to do Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Was, I, I do remember, I don't remember the show, but I remember the McDonald's toys being pretty bitchin'. So it <laughs> ran from 2000 to 2001. Oh, it's no good. <laughs> um, did have Patrick Wahlberg though as Buzz Lightyear. Warburton. Mark Wahlberg is a different guy. True. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks. Sorry. Well, I don't like you. Because I know, because he sounds like the Lemony Snicket. <laughs> And Brock, obviously. Um, and this is a story of basically it took place while Buzz it, is a star command. Because like, it's implied to be the show that the Buzz Lightyear toy is from, right? Yes. Yeah. So basically. Which is a like, great idea for a show about toys. It was great. It, it makes so much sense. It's perfect. Um. So you watch Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. the Space Ranger. Yeah. With his little. And his comrades. Figure. I remember. As they like go around and do space stuff. Yeah, they have their missions. Now, without me looking at them, mm-hmm. let me run through the list here. There is Mystique f- from X Men. Yep. She's there. There's a red frog looking man. There's, pr- oh, there's probably a robot. Yes. Yes! <laughs> I'm cashing out. That's all I have. That was, that was pretty much. Is that everyone? That's the main gang? Pretty much. Fuck yeah. I don't remember whether there was a robot or not. It just seemed sci-fi. There, there, there was a <laughs> robot. To be honest, it just seemed appropriate. It was somewhat, um, like, R2 unit. No, perfect. He's a little fucking worm in a robot suit. Yeah. See, I, 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 that's, I called it. I did good. And and the big grandpa character. Because yeah, it's like an old Buzz too, isn't it? Yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's like the leader of is Star in Command. It? Yeah, I think he is. Cool. From memory. Not today, Zerg. Um, but no, they had they had some pretty cool merchandise that came as part of it. But it was just fun to see, like it wasn't. It's a genius premise, honestly. Yeah. It's a. They wanted to make a TV series about a show about toys. The fact that it just made a show that the toy is based on is really. I, I like it was pretty smart. That's pretty cool. So I I liked that one. It was a Sunday morning. Saturday morning TV show. Mm-hmm. I keep saying Sunday morning. I don't know why. Impossible feels like the, the correct third, answer. Like, yeah, that's why I was like. Mm. Yeah, I did the same. Because I mean, technically, I wouldn't even say it's my favorite, but it's the most successful one. I would say, well, you've got if you're going purely animated, it's impossible. Oh, totally. I know Phineas and Ferb is the answer now. 
But that kind of comes after what I'm talking about here of the early 2000s start of... Yeah, they were 2007. Yeah. Through to 15. If, if you're going live action... Oh, I'm not, but go on. That's so Raven and Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would have said Lizzie McGuire... But I watched that on ABC for Australian listeners, not Saturday Disney. Because you were doing it wrong. So I didn't associate her as a Disney property at all. I didn't even know about it. Mm. But I knew of um, other things. Did you? Did you think Lizzie McGuire was going to be my answer? No. What did you think my answer was going to be? Brandy and Mr. Whiskers. It's a pretty funny show, but no. Because I remember how excited just, you were like the time you song. thought about it. No, my answer is Fillmore. Do you really? remember that? I really did like that one. Really? Yeah. It has I a, find it, that surprising. It has a goth chick in it. It has a cynical guy. All my boxes are ticked. <laughs> um, For all those, Fillmore is a Disney Channel show about... Like a hallway monitor, I guess. Which we don't have in Australia. Yeah, and they seem... Normally, they're like the fucking dork. They're like the Neville Longbottom of a school show. But it treated it like a police procedural for no reason. Constantly aping tropes and referencing, like, law and order shit. Stuff the kids wouldn't understand anyway. But they were just like, yeah, let's just rip off that (laughs) and sell it to kids. And I just... I remember loving that show. I had a great time with it. See, I don't think I watched it. I know what it is. I'm gonna have to find it because it is a that is a forgotten gem. I don't think it's on Australia's Disney Plus. It's barely on YouTube, except for that one episode where that girl betrays him because she's making like counterfeit Pokemon cards. Which was the thing. (laughs) See, it's great. It's great premises and shit. It's good. There was like a murder episode where some kid's Tamagotchi got smashed. Oh. Like, see what I mean? It was the oh, it was so charming and silly. I liked Recess Schools Out, but I never actually saw an episode of it. See, I watch, I watched Recess. There's like a boy in it. Yes, <laughs> there was a boy in it. There was a Bart Simpsony boy in it. All right, well there you go. Film was good. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I'll take that. As an answer. Yeah, I did like Googling early 2000s Disney Channel animated series. Because there's a bunch of shit in there that I'm like, oh yeah. Bunch of shit made me go, like, I didn't necessarily go, oh, I loved that. But I was like, I could I could definitely remember, like, playing with a Hot Wheels car and eating, like, fucking cereal watching this. Hmm. Hmm. Good nostalgia. On that note. I've been Carl. And I've been your host over the bowl. We've um, been reminiscing. Yeah, we, we just fell into a reminisce hole just now. Yeah. So, um, rate, review, subscribe, and do all that stuff. Even if you're listening to us on Spotify. Uh, fuck, how do Spotify people let us know they care? Find us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah if you Send want. Send us an email. Yeah, do the email thing. That's the go. Um, okay. Thank you for listening, and we will see you later. Class dismissed. We'll